0: Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Coming to you live today right here from Daytona Beach, Florida with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit of Truth leading and guiding us. I just want to welcome everyone that has joined us here today. If you're joining us for the very first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry, which is a ministry of Raven Ministries International. If you want more information on Raven Ministries, you can actually go to our website, which Deb is putting on the screen, at www.biggrace.com. That would be www.biggrace.com. And you can get more information on all the ministries of Raven Ministries International. This kind of a, as a point of information, we're going to be here all this week. We have, we're in a. Uh Right in the midst, literally, of an extended period of prayer and fasting and intercession. And we want to be praying for you as well. We're here every morning from 9 until uh, 10 a.m. a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, Monday through Friday, with the study in the Word of God. Then we're back uh, tonight and tomorrow night as well at 9 o'clock p.m. for an hour of prayer and intercession. If you have any prayer requests that you would like us to lift up before the Lord Jesus, we would love for you to be there. I think Pastor Alex is going to be back with me again tonight, right here during prayer, so... Uh, we want to pray for you, and Deb's going to put that, pray at biggrace.com. Send us your prayer request, man. We believe in God to bust some stuff wide open in 2008, and we want to just stand in agreement with you. The Word tells us in James that the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. And so we have a great expectation that that God hears our prayers, that the Word says that they rise to Him like a sweet-smelling uh, aroma and a fragrance, and we just want to stand in agreement with you for your prayers and just watch God just show up and show up out in a powerful way. So if you're with us today, we're today we're going to be actually in class. Last number, help me, Deb, 123. 123 in our study in the book of Romans. We started actually last May uh, studying the book of Romans, doing an expository teaching. And, man, we've just continued this whole time. And, and now we're in the 8th chapter. and Today we're going to be focusing on verse 32 primarily. And so thank you so much for joining us. And if you've got something going on, we want to know what God is doing in, in your part of the country or if, any way we can help you or stand with you. Not only in prayer, but physically. If you're doing an outreach or uh, uh, would like some of our team to come and, and conduct a... a evangelistic training in your church or or, or anything like that. Anything that we can do to be of assistance to you, that is what we are here to do and most of the time we'll do it strictly on our dime. We're not here for filthy lucre or financial gain. We're here to lift up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to reach the lost and dying for His kingdom. So once again, thank you for joining us here and I pray that uh, this investment in you is going to equip you to not only be just a hearer today but a doer today and tomorrow as well. So let's go to the Lord Jesus in prayer. And just dive right into the word this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord God, for your, your faithfulness and power. Lord God, we just Lord God, today we just exalt the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, we just want to start out everything, Lord God. And in all things, give thanks, Lord Jesus. The, the word says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Lord God, I want everything in my life, every word that comes out of my life, Lord God, to be a word that, that blesses You, Lord Jesus. I want my actions, Lord God. I want my testimony. I want my obedience to be a blessing to Jesus, Lord God, because of the blessing that He has been to me, Lord God, so with his, his great sacrifice. And today, Lord Jesus, we just lift up that name, which is above every other name, Lord God. And we thank You that 2,000 years ago, He was lifted up on on cross. And he said, if he's lifted up, then he'll draw men to him. And we said, here, Lord God, is that, that, that evidentiary people, Lord God, that he was lifted up and he rose from the dead. And now he is seated at the right hand of power and of grace and of mercy. And Lord God, we are his workmanship, Lord God, today, created unto good works. And we just ask, Lord God, that today, Lord God, that Jesus would be glorified in our hearts and lives. And Father, I pray for each and every one, Lord God, that's been struggling in particular areas of life or maybe going through difficulties, some that have been sick in their physical body. And I pray, Lord God, for the manifest power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, to be upon their life. Lord God, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Lord God, we take authority, Lord God, over every work of the adversary, over every destructive element, every cursed thing, Lord God, every bit of condemnation, Lord God. We pray today that those things would be canceled out because of the blood of Jesus, Lord God. We pray that you draw people to you today, Lord God, into this place, Lord God, into this time. Father, I pray, Lord God, for my brothers and sisters in Christ that are with us today, Lord Jesus, and those that are are with us live, and those that will be with us in the delayed uh, broadcast, Lord God, and even our brothers and pastors in, in other countries, Lord God, that, that download this for their people, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for their strength and I pray for the anointing, Lord God, to be upon their lives in 2008 like never before. Lord God, I believe that you are raising up a people, Lord God, and you're, you're pouring out your anointing and your strength and your power, Lord God, like never before. And Father, I pray, Lord God, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord God, that you would just, Lord God, impart unto them, Lord God, a, a, the, some spiritual gift, as Paul the Apostle said in, in 1 Corinthians, Lord God. I pray that you would empower them for your service, Lord God, that they would preach the word with signs and wonders following to confirm the preaching of the gospel, Lord God. They began to see people healed, Lord God, and delivered, Lord God. They began to prophesy and speak, thus saith the Lord, Lord Jesus. And their words, Lord God, would ring, Lord God, like anvils, Lord God, with a hammer against an anvil, Lord God, that hearts would be broken, Lord God, that captives would be set free in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Let your work, Lord God, have its perfect work, Lord God. Let your love, Lord God, transcend, Lord God, the limitations of our own abilities, Lord God, our own fears, Lord God, our own hindrances. Lord God, our own strongholds, Lord God, and break the back of us, the sin nature over us once and for all, Lord God. Let 2008 be our year, Lord God, of, of discovery, Lord God, discovering those things that you've called us to, Lord God, once and for all. Let it be a year, Lord God, of one right after another defining moments, Lord God. Father, we thank you for this day. let ask you to bless this teaching, Lord God. As I just submit myself unto you, Lord Jesus, to say, Lord God, in and of myself, I am incapable. But I thank you, Lord God, that I don't have to be capable, Lord Jesus. All I have to be is accessible, Lord God, and obedient to you. Lord God And available in the name of Jesus Lord God So I make myself accessible To the spirit of God I make myself available Lord God To be your mouthpiece Lord God For this window of time In the name of Jesus I pray Lord God That this word would come forth With clarity Lord God With power Lord God With sensitivity to your spirit Lord Jesus And that hearts and minds Lord God Would be open Lord God And cultivated to receive What you would speak today We thank you Lord God That this is your day Lord God And we lift you up Lord God And we're glad in it And everybody said Amen 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 and Amen What's it good? Good to have you and uh, here on the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. And again, I want to encourage you if you got the chance to be with us in the evening time. We have just been having some tremendous, tremendous times of prayer. Uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, Melanie and I uh, led prayers, and uh, I guess the night before last, Pastor Alex and Holly led prayers, and last night, uh, Pastor Alex and I uh, tag teamed right here, and it's always good to be able to tag team with my brother, Pastor Alex. I know how that brother loves to pray, and just a powerful man of God. So it's just, and so tonight I think he's going to be back with us as well, so I encourage you to come out, and if you've got prayer requests, people that you want to get saved, man, I'm believing that, that God is going to begin to save people that you thought to yourself, I can't believe that person came to Jesus, well, he can believe it, he's come for the most wretched, he's come for the most vile, he's come for the hardened of heart, and so uh, begin to send those to pray at biggrace.com. Uh, throughout the day We want to pray for those if, if you know people That have got a bad report From a doctor Send that in We want to stand in agreement Believing for their healing Because we've seen it We've seen God Raise people out of a hospice bed We've seen God uh, Deliver people to, From from drugs and alcohol Instantaneously On the streets of, of cities across this This nation and abroad We've seen the power of God We stand here as evidence And the word says That the the men Who have turned these cities Upside down Have come here too And I'm believing That, that God is coming To your city He's coming to your place he's, he's coming into your life in a powerful way, we want to stand in agreement, watching the hand of God move in a powerful way in your heart and lives. And so, be with us tonight from nine to ten o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time for a time of prayer and studying the Word. And today is what? Today is Friday. So I, I miss my days. I got to have Deb here helping me sometime. So we will be back in the morning, but we will be on tonight from 9 to 10 p.m., and we'll be here on Saturday from 9 to 10 as well, and we would love for you to be a part of those services that we're doing in those times. So yesterday, folks, in, in case you missed it, uh, yesterday's class, matter of fact, you need to go back and get yesterday's class. I'll tell you what, if there's one this week that I would really point to and say you need to grab a hold of and get it, even if you were here for yesterday's class, you need to go and uh, that's on the website now at www.ravenoutreach. Www.ravenoutreach.blogspot.com. Thank you, Deb, for putting that up there. You can go to that and actually download that in MP3 format, free of charge. Matter of fact, all of our our, our our classes are free of charge. You can go back and look through the history of that, download all those you want to, use them, copy them, pass them around, email them to your friends, family. Put your name on them say they're yours praise God just't do sell them because we know freely we receive freely we give so whatever you want to do with them, give those out. We just want that teaching the, the Word of God to go out to as many people as possible. We get uh, our classes on average about ten thousand downloads per class, and so uh, be a part of, of, of extending that that 's a worldwide type of thing as well, and so uh, you need to get that and and, and you know uh, in that class we, what we 've really dealt with was one of probably the most Probably one of the most quoted and most probably misunderstood passages of the New Testament. And so, uh, that verse 31. And uh, really it concluded with that familiar stanza, If God be for us, who can be against us? But today what we're going to do is we're going to conf- uh, continue into these final uh, eight verses of chapter 8. Uh, and look at verse 32. Deb said, uh, uh, prior to the show going live, she said, you know, we're almost finished with, uh, with chapter 8. I said, well, in theory, we're almost finished with chapter 8. And, and you know, we, we're gonna, we're gonna make some headway. We're gonna do a couple verses today. Then on Monday, we're gonna tackle another very familiar place that says, what, who can separate us from the love of God? And, and you know that portion of scripture. And so we're gonna really delve into that and just extract everything God has for us over a couple days and looking in that and finishing out, uh, in the early part of next week, Romans chapter 8 and diving into chapter 9, which is also just a, a very blessed... Uh chapter as well as they all are and so Romans chapter 8 verse 32 and again I want to welcome everyone thank you guys so much for joining us uh folks literally our team all across the the, the United States and beyond uh my sister Kim I know she's on here from Alamogordo uh New Mexico and my mom and dad from Amarillo Texas uh Pastor Meredith Lindsay there in Fairfield Texas Pastor Sam and Lucy Krogan right there in Pennsylvania uh Pastor Don and Robin Dykes there in Texas uh Mr. Talk It Out Live, good to have you, my brother as well, and uh, good to have Megan and the Hills and everyone else if I've missed anybody on here today. Good to have all of you folks here, Pastor Terry and Eileen right here locally. Good to have all you guys with us uh, on a daily basis. I love you and you're such an encouragement to me and I know you're such an encouragement to the body of Christ. So good to have you and thank you so much for being with us. And so today Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Folks, listen. That phrase right there, he that spared not his own son, is, is is one of those portions of Scripture that really just settles it once and for all as to God's great love for his creation. And as I was reading this and even and studying even more this morning, just meditating on this word, just an excitement came into me. And just a, you know, sometimes something gets you. And there's just one of those things that just a, a tenacity comes upon you. And I, and I hope that you can get this and extract this from this today. And so all of those things, folks, literally, that we have studied in, in these nearly eight chapters of the book of Romans have pointed us towards this fact that, that God has provided salvation to a people who are totally undeserving. We've seen that. We've seen that throughout these things. None of us are deserving. All have sinned, come short of the glory of God. All have have gone out of the way. All have done these things. And so God has provided salvation to a people that are totally undeserving. God has provided justification even to a people who are guilty. You know, we all stood guilty before God uh, prior to the blood of Jesus. And so He provided justification for that. God has provided sanctification for a people who are inherently wicked. That that we're not born basically good. We are born on a beeline... and, and bound and determined and, and headed with a, with, a, with a date for death, hell, and destruction. But God has provided sanctification. He's provided that cleansing. He's provided that right standing and that reconciliation to a people that were wicked. And God has provided a victory for a people who had already fallen short. And so, if I'm going to have any of these things, and really when we look at this, God spared not His own Son... All these chapters that we've studied so far point to those four facts that I gave that, that we that God provided salvation, justification, sanctification, and victory when we were totally undeserving. In other words, there have been many claims made on behalf of our God throughout the book of Romans and the entirety of Scripture. And I, and I want you to look at and think about some verses in regards to this. Jeremiah 31 3 says this. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says this. It says the Lord has appeared of me uh, uh, of old unto me saying yes I have loved you with an everlasting love therefore the loving kindness have I drawn thee Jeremiah 31:3 The Lord has appeared of old unto me saying yes I have loved you with an everlasting love Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. And also Hebrews 13.5. Hebrews 13.5 says this. It says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I could just take those two verses right there and we could go on. I could preach probably for the next two hours just on that. That He's loved us for an ev- with an everlasting love and that, that God said He would never leave us and He would never forsake us. then, then Psalms one twenty one four just to add to that, He said that He that keeps Israel, He that keeps His sheep, He that watches over us, neither sleeps nor slumbers. That he's not taking a day off. He's not resting from his mercy. He's not resting from his sanctification. He's not resting from his victory. He's not resting from his salvation. He's not resting from any of these things. He never sleeps nor slumbers. And that's Psalms twenty-one four, And finally, Psalms 63 and 6. Psalms 63 and 6 says this, Because your loving kindness is even better than life, my lips shall praise thee. And so, folks, listen. The thing that verse 32 does again, and I want to look at that, those first words, He that spared not His own Son. What it does, it reveals to us that He is not just a God of talk, but He is a God of action. Do you hear me? He is not a God that just talks about things. He's not a God that just suggests things. But He's a God that, that not only makes all these prom- promises. It says, listen, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I, uh, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That that that, that uh, I never sleep nor slumbers. That your loving kindness is better than life. All of these things are, are promises of God. But God didn't end there with just saying He was going to do those things. God actually delivered on His promises in that He spared not His own Son. He said, I love you. He said, I am kind towards you i have a desire to be with you folks listen In order to see these things accomplished, listen, we've got to move beyond the realm. And this is what God did. God moved beyond the realm of good intentions and literally into the dimension of actually doing that which would eternally eliminate any debate that could possibly arise from anyone who would attempt to question the love of God. Do you hear me? And so when I say, Beloved, 1 John 4, 7 and 8, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God. For God is is love. Listen, that is not something that is left up to debate. God has settled those things when He says that God is love, that God loves you. I've called you with a holy calling. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. What can separate you from my love? See, those things are not debatable. Those are not just... Uh, philosophies or ideologies that have been floated in some religious sphere. Those things are proven fact because of what he says in the first portion of verse 32. I've proven it because I did not even spare my own son to prove out those things. Uh, Folks, listen. The most valuable, indisputable sacrifice that can ever be made on behalf of another was demonstrated to us and made for us when God said, listen, I'll send my own son and I'll allow my son to suffer what an undeserving world should have to suffer. Do you hear me? The evidence for God's love is indisputable. There is nothing. It's incomprehensible in the natural, but it is indisputable. No one can ever lay charge at God and say, God, you did not love me. God, did you did not show me that mercy. He spared not his own son. John 15 and 30 says, greater love, John fifteen thirty says, greater love is no man than this than willing to lay down his life for his friend. Folks, listen, God has called us as believers the friend of God. But not only did he say he was a friend, he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a friend that was not willing just to be there for us, but he was uh, willing to take the blame, to take the shame, to, to allow all of those, the, the sins and trespasses and iniquities that we were deserving of to be laid upon himself for us. And now think about this. Think about Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1-12. through 12. Isaiah really the kind of the, the gospel of the of the Old Testament. But Isaiah 53, 1-12 12 says this. It says, Who has believed our report? And I want to ask you a question. Have you believed the report of the Lord? Have you ever believed the things that God has said for you? I hope that, especially you folks that have been taking this, this special time to, to fast and pray, I hope that, that that something is getting inside of you. That there's a, there's a belief. The things that, that were kind of iffy to you in your relationship with the Lord Jesus before, as you just uh, dove into God's Word and you've just pressed into His presence through prayer and fasting and intercession, man, I hope that, that your believer is getting fixed. I hope that, that you're becoming that true believer and that, that God is, is healing your unbelief. Listen, we, we say that, and, and sometimes it, it, it may seem cliché, but how many times have you had to ask God, you know what, God, help my unbelief don't want to believe you but i've got a i've got a, a wicked heart i've got an evil heart of unbelief, unbelief and i need you to come and, and it may not be something uh, you know you're not believing that that, that that who god is or what Jesus did for you it's, it, maybe it's not that sinister that out there but just those simple areas you're saying God you know what I concern myself and i let these little things these little gnats I let these little foxes i i, I let the those those little leaven i let those things come in and and, and and discombobulate my faith i let those things rob me of my joy and they They begin to to come in and and bring unbelief into my life. Sometimes we just need to say, God, I want you to heal my belief, my unbelief, and I want you to make me a true and genuine believer in everything I say and everything that I do. And so he said this. He said, Who has believed our report? Do you believe the report of the Lord? And here's what he said in that report. He said, In whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? In other words, when it speaks of God's arm, it speaks of His strength. It speaks of His power. It speaks of His influence. He said, If you believed His report... He said then his power, his strength, and his influence is going to be what? reflected in you. You're going to see it. It's going to be demonstrative in your life. And so, whom is the arm of the Lord revealed in? We are called to be that reflection of Him. When He says to follow me, we're to imitate Him. If I'm in the mirror and I'm I'm reflective of something, that image is imitating what I'm doing in real time. And so, in real time and in real life, what we have to be is that imitator. If we're believing His report, we've got to allow that report to be revealed in us. And it says this, and here's the testimony, the prophetic word of Isaiah... prophet, uh, uh, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. He said, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out a dry ground. It says, he will have no former comeliness when we shall see him. In other words, he's going to be beat beyond recognition. And he says, there's not going to be any beauty in him that we should desire him. He, he's going to be, uh, so savagely beating that there's not going to be anything that we would want to look upon. And it says that he is despised and rejected of man. He'll be a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And it says and we hid our faces from him because he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for... Our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by with his stripes we are healed. And it goes on to say in verse six, it says, We all we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him, speaking of Jesus, the iniquity of all of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and his sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. In other words, he did not raise a, a concern. He did not say anything in his own defense. He took the shame. He took the pain. He took the suffering to demonstrate that God spared not his own son, according to Romans 8.32. 8, 32. It says, He was taken out of prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, and for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And he has made his grave with the wicked and with the rich, in his death because he has done no violence. Neither was there any deceit found in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord, come on, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. And so when you shall make your soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify Many folks, listen. We sit here as the recipient of the report of the Lord. We sit here as the the, the spiritual beneficiaries of those who the arm of the Lord has been revealed to, who the love of God has been made manifest in. Right now, he he shall see the travail of the Lord and shall be satisfied with knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He said, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And it says, who is believed this report? And in other words, is there any question just how much God loves you and I? He that spared not his own son. Folks, listen, Second Corinthians 5.21 says this, Second Corinthians five twenty one. It says, For he made him who knew no sin, or who to be sin, or to be a sin offering for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Listen, folks. God spared not His own Son. The one that knew no sin. The one that came as the spotless Lamb uh, of God. That one that came in perfection. That one that came in holiness. That one that is the incarnation of God Almighty. That one that is here. The the power of God came and revealed Him to us. And so, the the Spirit of God came and and, and brought Jesus to us. that, That Lamb, that perfect sacrifice. The one that knew no sin to become a sin offering for us. To show us just how much that God had loved us. Folks, listen. I have little regard for those vain debaters of this world who would say things like this. How could, how could God love someone and then send them to an eternal hell? Or or, or how can God condemn anyone? Folks, listen. John 3.19 says this. It, it says, This is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Folks, Listen. This is what condemned mankind to an eternal hell. It's because of that light who is speaking of Jesus in John one nine was the true life. And so, He came to the world, uh, and and He came to be the one, literally, that would rescue you from the darkness of sin and its subsequent damnation uh, to an eternal burning hell. But men loved their own darkness rather than Jesus, because their deeds were evil. And so, when someone says, well, how can a God who loves us so much condemn us to hell? Folks, listen, that, that is repulsive to me. That is repulsive to my spirit, because that that is someone that has had their understanding darkened by the cares of this world. That is someone that is, 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 is so in, enamored with their own lust and with their own filth and their own wickedness that refuses to open their eyes to the very fact that, that Jesus Christ bore the grief and the sorrows, that when His hands were pierced and was, His feet were pierced, that He was perfect, that He never sinned. He never had a vile thought. He never had a vile word. He never did a vile act. There was nothing, there was, there was no guile found in Him whatsoever and to suggest that God did not love us when He allowed His very Son, the pure and perfect holy sacrifice to be subjected to the shame, to the beating, to the, to the to the public spectacle and to question the love of God. Folks, listen, that is the spirit of Antichrist. That is the most wicked, vile thing that the vain debaters of this world are always throwing up. Well, if God loved us so much, why would He put anybody in hell? Folks, listen, God has done everything possible literally to offer us a way out, to offer us a freedom from the bondages of sin, to set us free from those things that would drag us kicking and Screaming into a devil's hell, but what we did, we loved our darkness. What we said is, we want to love our darkness, and we want God to love our darkness as well. We want God to say, "I know you paid." We want God to say, "I, I know you're continuing those things, but I paid the price." So keep on living witness, folks. Listen, God did not send His own Son to bear the iniquities of all, so we can stay iniquitous. God did not come to to, to pour the uh, allow the the, the the wickedness and the shame to be placed upon the the, the nail scarred hands of His Son Jesus, for us to remain wicked. to, 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 To say that I love God but not to walk in holiness and righteousness is literally to despise the love of God. And the Word of God says if a man desires to be ignorant, let him be Ignorant. And there's, it's an ignorance to say anything. It's a, it's, it's literally, it's the, the, it's the spirit of Antichrist that says, you know what, if God loved us so much, why would he allow these things? God did not allow those things. It is the condemnation that God has sent light into the world. He has sent Jesus in the world. And because men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil, they have rejected that love. And have rejected that love, they have rejected the way of escape that God has provided us to his deed. That he spared not his own son was the most righteous deed that was and could ever literally be exhibited in all eternity. But man, rather than humbling himself and receiving this blood-bought benefits of the shed blood of the Lamb of God, has instead hardened his heart and despised the one who is his only way out. Folks, listen. I don't know about you, but because we, we minister on the streets around this, this nation and, and, and other countries as well, so many times we have people come and say that. Well, if God loved us so much, why? Folks, listen, don't even get wrangled into that. You just take them right here to Romans 8 and 32 and you say, listen, he spared not his own son. Well, if God did this, he spared not his own son. Well, why would I have to go through this? God spared not his own son. Well, you know what? What about these children are starving? God spared not his own son. Well, what about these wars? God God spared not his own son. What about the things that happened to this, this supposedly innocent person? God spared not, uh, not his own son. Regardless of what people go through, what I have had to face, the trials, the tribulations, the obstacles that you're going through in this day and age, whether you've had to go through sickness, whether you've had to go through calamity, whether you've had to go through problems in relationships, God spared not his own son. He has provided the way of escape. He has provided a hope out of hopelessness. He has provided a, a, a light out of darkness. He spared not His own Son because He has loved you with an everlasting love. He has never left you and He will never forsake you. He has provided access into His presence, into His power, into eternity because God has loved you. Folks, listen. The love of God is a settled fact. It was a settled fact the day 2,000 years ago in that cosmopolitan community right there in the Middle East in that city of Jerusalem on Golgotha's Hill. It was a settled fact even when that centurion looked up and he said, Surely, this was the Son of the living God. When literally the mountains quaked and the, the earth was rent and the rocks were, were hewn and, the, and the, 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 the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, That it was a settled issue. Three days later, when they went to the tomb and they found that, that tomb empty, and for the next 40 days, they, 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 they saw him and they, they testified, they saw him alive once again. And, and even, even that, that Thomas looked in his side and he beheld the, 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 the piercing where he was pierced by the... It's a settled case. And so don't ever feel that you have to engage in the debate debate with the vain debaters that gonna to lead to more ungodliness whether or not God loves it. It is a settled fact of life that God in his holiness and righteousness sent his son Jesus and He spared not His own Son, He allowed all of the sins of this world to be heaped upon Him, and He became the sin offering for Him. Folks, listen. You may never be able to understand God's methods of dealing with things in your life. But there is absolutely no question or reason to misunderstand God's love for you because He has made His desire crystal clear when he spared not his own son. You may say to yourself, God I don't know why I'm going through these things but I know that you love me. Lord God, I don't know why I'm enduring these things but I know that you love me. Lord God, I know that I had to suffer this thing or that there was a tremendous loss that came into my life but one thing I know, Lord God, that you love me. How do I know that? Because I I had to go through these things but because of this? No. I know these things, Lord God, because you spared not your own son. Lord God, I've, 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 I've been having to worry about this situation that's been in my life but Lord God, what I don't have to do is doubt your love for me, Lord God, because You've completely, Lord God, demonstrated that by that one solitary act of the greatest, Lord God, demonstration of love that anyone could ever know. And Father, why I pray today, and I I say this as a prayer, Father, I pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that people would begin to see Your love, Lord God. They would see the the, the indisputable, Lord God, uncompromising, unshakable love of God that has been uh, revealed, Lord God, to mankind because God sent His Son to pay the price, and to have all the things that we would suffer and have to go through laid upon Jesus. It has been settled. Now, what is yet to be settled is whether or not we're going to receive that love. We're going to allow that love to come in and be shed abroad in our hearts, to change us, to transform us, to impact us, to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus. Folks, listen. The reason that that love is so demonstrative and is so celebrated, literally, through the testimony of Jesus and through the death, burial, and the resurrection is so that God can present us holy and blameless without shame before Him on that day. That we can be that bride without spot or blemish. And so it it took a love that was just that incredible in order to conform us to that place that God wants us to be. So if you've been struggling with the love of God, listen folks, Cease to struggle. God loves you so much that He provided Jesus. And now what He's waiting for you to do is to receive that love and, and to and depart from iniquity, depart from sin, and say, God, I want to receive the love of Jesus. Folks, listen. To, for God to demonstrate that love and for us to reject His salvation, to reject following after Him, is literally to take and despise the greatest offering that has ever been made in all of mankind. Literally, what Jesus did, He stepped in front of that semi-truck of sin and allowed himself to be ran over and he took the brunt of the blow so that you and I could literally be set free from the powers of darkness. And the only ones that can question the love of God towards his creation are those who love darkness and refuse to open their blinded eyes to see what Jesus Christ has done for them. That's the only people. And so, folks, listen, let me ask you a question. Do you know who the most perverse people in the world are? Think about that just for a second. Who are the most perverse people in the world? People say, well, maybe somebody like uh, uh, Adolf Hitler who, who saw millions of Jews. Maybe it's the child molester or, or the rapist or something. We think, of, we think of that being perverse. And certainly those things are perverse. Those things are wicked. And we think of maybe the person that's in the, the, the sex trade is, is perverse people or something like that. Folks, listen. Who are, who are the, the, the most perverse People. You know, if and I, folks, listen. I believe that there's really there's the most perverse people are, are are not those that that are the child abusers, the rapists, or anything else. I believe that the most perverse people in the world are those that question the love of God. Do you hear me? And so, have you allowed perversion to come into your life through questioning God's love for you? And I'm going to show you why I say that. Here's why the the most perverse folks in the world are those that would question the love of God in their lives. Acts 20 and 30 says this. Acts chapter 20 verse 30 says this. It says also of our own self shall men arise. What did he say? Also of who? Our own self. And so it's not going to be to somebody that's never heard. It's going to be out of our own ranks, so to speak. And you know, yeah, that would definitely apply to American Christians as as, uh, Lucy so uh, aptly uh, uh, wrote there on the screen this morning. But it says, out of our own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Folks, listen, one of those perverse things is saying, you know what, God doesn't care about you. God doesn't really love you. God, you shouldn't ever have to go through these things. Folks, and listen, how is that presented? Here's, the, here's how that's presented. It's when, it, it's when they preach these doctrines of devils that says God loves you so much and He's got a wonderful plan for your life that if you'll just come and He's going to give you seven easy steps and you're going to have your very best life now, you're never going to have to suffer anything, you're never going to have to go through, it's going to always be great, then the second that you have to go through something, you say, well, where's this God that loved me? Folks, listen. That is that is that slick salesmanship and these 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 individuals that are very charismatic, but they're spiritual charlatans. That they'll come and they're, they are they, they speak great swelling words and they they send you a false love. Folks, listen. The love of God is not revealed in how easy we have it. The love of God is revealed in how difficult Jesus had it. Do I need to say that again? The love of God is not made manifest in how easy you and I have it. The love of God is made manifest in all. All the things and the, the wickedness that was laid upon His Son Jesus, what we want to do is we want to measure God's love about how many, how much money we got in the bank. We want to measure God's love by how many cars we have in the driveway. We want to measure God's love by the wardrobe that we have in our closet. We want to measure God's love by all these things that we have and all the, the easiness that, that we have in our life. Folks, listen. God never spoke that. God never said that. God never intended His love to be measured in, in those type of ways. God D- uh, determined his love to be measured two thousand years ago when his hand is the, the hands of his son Jesus were stretched out on the cross and he said it is finished, it's what is finished, it's settled that I love you, that God loved the world so much much that he gave his only begotten son. Why how did he show his love? By giving his son to, to bear He spared not his own son. But it says people will rise from our own ranks, these false teachers, these these perverse men speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples of the the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And folks, listen, they're doing it every single day. They're doing it in in, in filling uh, converted uh, basketball stadiums with 20 or 30,000 people every single week, rather than pointing to the cross and saying, that is the demonstration of of God's love. Not what you're going through. What you're going through is just what you're going through. It's what God has given you the empower because of His love. He has taken you through those things to reveal to you and to conform you to the image of His Son, Jesus. Folks, listen, the evidence of the age pages. Points to the one undisputable fact that God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's it. That is that one thing. Now look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, talking about the perverse people. People that would pervert the love of God and say that it's it's in possessions, or it's saying that it's in not having to go through trials or everything being disrosy. Here's what the word says about those those ones that would not teach what I'm telling you this morning from the Word of God. That that it's a settled thing, that he spared not his own son. It says in First Timothy six, verses three through five. It says, if any man teach otherwise, who? Anybody. Folks, listen, if I ever teach you anything contrary to what that Scripture teaches, if I, if I ever teach you anything except the settled Word of God that God spared not His own Son, that God loves you, that God is going to deliver you, that, God, that the Word of God says if you want to come after Him, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Him. If any man teach otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome Word, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, it says he is proud. He does not know anything but doting about a questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, and evil surmisings. And it says, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt mind, and destitute of truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from, from such draw away yourselves from them. Folks, listen, just as I said before, the most perverse things, those that will rise out of our ranks, those that, that will speak these great swelling words that will that will dispute and they'll say, well, if God loves, how can this thing happen? We've seen it in news media. We've seen these these, these once prominent ministers that are saying that, you know, I sat in one day and I looked at the television and, and I saw these children starving. I said, well if God really loved them, he wouldn't let them starve. Folks listen, our starvation or our feeding has nothing to do with the love of God. That is the consequences of a of a of a of a of a People that fell six thousand years ago, and it is the consequences of sin. It is not the evidence of God's love. The evidence of God's love, once again, is Christ Jesus and Him crucified, allowing us to escape the trappings and the torments and the bondages of this world. And so they'll say, if God is so good, then then why this? If God is, then, then why does He let these things happen? If God is so loving, then then why does He uh, allow me to go through this? If, if God is so merciful, then, then then why do I have to endure? these certain things. Folks, listen. Those are the perverse perverse questions of this age and they are evidence of lives that are destitute of the truth. And I really encourage you if those things, if you've got those those, 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 those false things, those perverse uh, 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 pride is really what it is according to 1 Timothy 6.4. It's pride. It's doting about with these questions that cause strife and, and, and railings and evil surmisings in your heart. You need to lay that stuff down and say, God, I want you to deliver me from that evil heart of unbelief belief, and that's that's what it is. And I just say that right now, Lord God, if there's some that, that would allow those evil surmising and those, those railings into their own heart, just questioning the love of God. Father, I bind that mess up right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, because the Word says upon this rock, Jesus, that you'll build your church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord God, you said you have given us the keys to the kingdom, Lord God, and whatever we bind on earth shall be bind, bound in heaven. Father, I bind the mind binder, Lord God, that those those perverse teachings, Lord God, that people have heard, that now they're always measuring, Lord God, your love against what they have or what they don't have rather than what Jesus Christ did, Lord God, in that undisputable act of the love of God. Lord God, you don't have to add anything else to it. Lord God, it doesn't have to be that plus all these other things, Lord God. It is settled. It is finished, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, for my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, Lord God, that you would cause that revelation, Lord God, to be upon their heart today in Jesus' name. Folks, listen, it should repulse, literally, the born-again believer every time someone attempts to call in to question the love of God and our answer should always remain this anytime that someone says listen I don't even believe God loves me he spared not his own son well why do I have to go through this well God spared not his own son well you don't know what I'm having to endure well God spared not his own son and folks listen it says that he spared not his own son but he delivered him up for us all and how shall he not be with him also that freely gives us all things folks listen When he spared not his own son, he spared not his own son for every single one of us. For everything that we would go through, anything that we'd have to endure, anything that we would have to see in this life, he spared not his own son. He allowed the the torment, he allowed the destruction, he allowed the the vengeance of God to be laid upon him. And so he delivered us, it's he delivered and, and revealed his love to all of us. Even the most wicked, even the most perverse, even the most wretched. Every single person, God wants to reveal His love for them. And folks, listen, that in and of itself, the fact that God demonstrated His love towards everyone, that is what makes the rejection, a man's rejection of Him all the more vile. And so anytime someone literally rejects the love of God, when you begin to preach to someone, you say, you need to repent and believe the gospel. You need to, to turn from your life and, and come to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is vile. That is wickedness. Because he that knew no sin became the sin offering for a people that knew no righteousness. Do I need to say that again? He that knew no sin, Jesus, became the sin offering for all of us as people that knew absolutely no righteousness whatsoever. And folks, listen, it says, but he delivered. God delivered Jesus uh, up for us all. And that word literally is that that, that, that's that para inomi is the, is the word in the Greek. And it means to, to give unto the hands of another. It means to, to to give for power to use. It means literally to deliver something up to keep or to, 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 to bring something forth. It means to deliver up to custody to one to be judged, for one to be condemned, for one to be punished, to one to be scourged, to one to be tormented, and ultimately for one to be put to death. And it's so, it says when he spared not his own son but he delivered him in other words he subjected him to everything that you and I deserve to be subjected to and so he was tormented so that I could avoid torment now folks think about that and I'm not talking about this momentary uh, 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 pseudo-torment, things that you got to go by. None of these things even have any effect whatsoever. But Jesus was tormented so that I don't have to, to be tormented for eternity. He was judged, literally, upon that cross. The judgment of God came upon Him when He bore our sicknesses and our sorrows upon Himself so that I will never have to stand in that that, that edict of judgment, of damn, damnation one day before the white throne judgment. He was punished so I don't have to be punished. He was scourged so I don't have to be he, scourged. he was put to death, folks, listen, that I might receive eternal life. He was delivered. He, he suffered all of those things that I would never have to suffer those things. Why? Because God refused to spare His own Son. Why? Because He did not want to refuse to spare His love for us and to reveal us in the most ultimate and awesome way that anyone could ever done. And so, folks, listen, if He was willing to do that, how shall He not, it says, with Him also freely give us all things. Listen, in other words, folks, how can anyone ever honestly look at what Jesus did and question whether or not God cares for them, or whether or not God will deliver them or empower them to overcome the sin nature. Folks, listen, it is ridiculous. It is repulsive to look what Jesus did, to look at God's great love for us, and to ever question that God would empower us. Folks, listen, the biggest problem with with, with, with the church, the biggest problem with the, with, the, with, the, with the church that unbelieves is the fact that we just do not believe that based upon the love of God and the power of God and the regeneration that comes from the faith in that great love, love is in empowering us to overcome the sin nature and that's what it all comes back to now think about this psalms 84 psalms 84 uh, verses 10 and 11 says this for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand i'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of god than to dwell in the tents of wickedness for the lord god is a sun and shield the lord will grace give grace and glory and no good thing folks listen no good thing will he uphold from them they walked uprightly. Do you hear me? No good thing will He uphold for them. It says in verse 32, How should He not with Him also freely give us all things? Listen, folks. He does not want to withhold any of His righteousness, any of His deliverance, any of His victory over or from those that would walk uprightly. Folks, listen, when we're willing to walk uprightly or in the righteousness of the living God, then there is an accompanying expectancy or being able to walk and live the overcoming life and to see the victory over sin and the dominion of hell, death, and destruction. If you're willing to walk uprightly, if you're willing to allow the righteousness of God to be revealed in your life from faith to faith by day by day, listen, there is nothing that He will withhold from you. He will not withhold His power. He will not withhold His talents testimony he will not withhold his victory he will not withhold any of those things from you if you're willing to walk uprightly and to bear the fruit of repentance and to bear forth fruit that is evidence of a repentant life he's not going to withhold those things from you and as a result of this Romans 8 33 says this who shall lay anything to the charge of God as elect it's, it is God that justifies. Folks, listen. What this is basically saying, listen, if, if, if I know that how will He also give to them freely that, that, that He's given us all things because of His great love that He spared not His own Son, who shall lay anything to your charge of God's elect? Because it's God that justifies you. He's basically saying, who can pronounce guilty those who God has declared to be righteous. Who can say that they're wicked if I've said they're, 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 they're purified and they're justified and they're sanctified by what I've done for them. And so that means that every single sin that the believer has committed has been obliterated literally by the blood of Jesus. That he said, I'll put them as far as the east is from the west. That he says, if you're faithful to confess your sins, I'll be faithful, if you're faithful to confess your sins, I'll be faithful to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That when we come to Christ Jesus, that when we're, we're, we're coming to him, He's pronouncing us uh, regenerated. He's pronouncing us brand new. Why? Because He would not spare His own Son. And He's declared to give us freely all of these things. And there's no one that can lay a charge at the feet of the elect because it is God that justifies. There's not a trace, literally, of your sin left on the crime scene of life. You know, all these prominent shows now, CSI investigation, they'll go in and, and through ultraviolet light or through, through, through these, uh, the, the, these great sciences and through all these uh, microbiology, they'll be able to find a trace element. Folks, listen, the devil or your friends or anyone else will ever be able to find a trace element of your sin once the blood of Jesus obliterates those things from your life. Do you hear me? There's not going to be any DNA. There's not going to be anything that could connect you to the crime of your sin. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is gone. There is no testimony. There is no evidence. There is nothing laying in storehouse. God is not keeping those things back just in case He wants to use those against you or remind you again. He has obliterated those things from the record book in heaven. He has blotted out the, the writing and the transgressions on the wall that were one time against you. And Folks, listen. Your past had been erased and Satan's future over your life is over. Do you hear me? Why? Because God spared not his own son, and how shall he not with him also freely give us all things, and who shall lay any type of charge of, at, at God's elect, because it's God that justified. And so, listen folks, this, what this should reveal to us is that once we're forgiven, we should stay forgiven. Do You hear me? Once you've been forgiven, once you've been delivered, you ought to stay forgiven, and you ought to stay delivered. And what happens, folks? I want to say this to you: when you continue to go back and labor over sin that you have already been given a release from in Jesus, when you are, are, are really uh, what you are really doing is you are disputing the power of His blood to cleanse you and to forgive you, just like the heathen do. Do you hear me? What you're doing is you're being like the heathen and the wretched who and the perverse that would call into question the love of God. And so when you've gone to God and you said, in sincerity and humility of heart, you say, God, I want you to forgive me. God, I want you to cleanse me of this act that I've done and this thing in my life. When you continue to ponder those things in your life, basically what you've done is you've become one, one of the perverse. You've said, Lord, Lord God, what? I'm calling into question your love. I'm calling into question your deliverance. I'm calling into question your power over my life. Now think about that. Do you ever want to set yourself back within the seat of the scornful and the counsel of the ungodly? Do you ever want to find yourself numbered with transgressors and in the seat of the scornful? Do you ever want to find yourself counted with the perverse and the vain uh, uh, debaters of this world? Then folks, if God has forgiven you, be forgiven. If God has delivered you, be delivered. If God has set you free, be set free. Because who He has been set free, who the Son of God has set free, is Free and de- deed, and so you're saying. Listen, I know that you cleanse me, O Lord, but it's better. The word says in Second Peter two twenty one and twenty two, if I would have that type of mentality to say, I know God's forgive me, but you keep laboring on those things. Second Peter two twenty one describes that type of person. It says it's better for them to have not known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto him. What is the holy commandment? The holy commandment is that I loved you with an everlasting love, that I've separated you from sin, that I've justified you. That if anybody be in Christ, they're, they're, they're a new creature. That is God's command: is to be free, to be holy, to be justified because of faith in me. And it says it's better to, to have never known than to have known that to know the justification, the holiness, and righteousness of God than to, 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 to be uh, to turn from it and to be delivered unto them. And it says, but it happened unto them according to the true proverb that you'll be like a dog, literally, that it's returning to its own vomit and to a sow that was washed back into the wallowing of the mire. And So anytime you want to go back and debate God's love or God's forgiveness or God's cleansing from your sin, listen you are like that, that repulsive dog that would go lap up his own vomit. It would uh, lap, lap, lap up those things that have, have already gone into his belly and that have come back up. It is wickedness and it's better, the word says for you to have never sought the mercy and forgiveness of God than to have sought and received it and to, to continually bring up those vile things back into the presence of the One who by His own life bore the terrible consequences of those sins upon Himself. And so to to lay those things upon the cross of Calvary to give those things, then Jesus has delivered you. He has come off the cross and He sets up to come into His throne and to, to, to once again not present the sacrifice of praise but to present to Him the condemnation of your own wickedness. Folks, that is repulsive. That is perverse. We need to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice of praise, not as a living sacrifice of the testimony of our own wickedness do you hear me today if God has set you free be set free and be a testimony of that let your testimony not be about you know your 40 years of drug addiction or your your, your, your 18 sex partners or your homosexual let your don't let those, those that stuff be what that defines your testimony let your your testimony be defined by, by God spared not his own son that I was blind but now I see and here's what I see do you hear what I'm saying today? Because Romans 8.33 says this, Who shall lay anything at the charge of God's elect? It is God who justifies. Folks, listen. Who are God's elect? Who are those that are God's elect? If the elect are those who God, by His own grace, chose to be, uh, through, through faith, God poured His grace out, and who as a result of God pouring His grace out, chose to be conformed to His image. God chooses, folks. Literally, He chooses us all. By sparing not His own Son. And to provide the way out of destruction. And then we, we are called to that place of election by choosing to walk in the conformity of His Son, Jesus. I want to give you some scriptures as we, we're going to close out the, this 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 uh, teaching today. And one of them is John fifteen sixteen. It says this, You have chosen me. You have, you, you have not chosen me. This is Jesus speaking. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. Fruit what? Fruit that says, listen, God spared not His own Son. And that your fruit should remain. What fruit? The fruit that says, you know what, I have a confidence that God loves me so much that He'll forgive me when I repent and turn from my wickedness. And that whatsoever you shall ask in your Father's name, it shall be given to you. John fifteen sixteen. Also Ephesians 1, 4. And according He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in Love, folks. Listen. When you can get a revelation that God spared not His own Son, and it revealed the greatest love, then we're able to walk in holiness and without blame. Ephesians two ten. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We're or workmanship that we should walk in the manifestation of the truth that God loved us so much that He did not spare His own Son. Second 2 Thessalonians 2.13, two thirteen. Second Thessalonians two thirteen. It says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God to God for you, beloved brethren of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you unto salvation through sanctification and through bringing you to that that, that declaration of His righteousness, of the spirit of belief and truth. That's what God has for us. In verse 34, I want to read that in closing today. Who is it then that that condemns? Who is it that offers that final edict of condemnation upon you? Folks, listen, once God justifies you, once God declares His love for you, and you receive that through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you say He's the only way, the truth, and the life, once He has done that for you, who is it then that can condemn you? Once I come to the revelation that He spared not His own Son, there is no one that can lay a charge at, at, at my feet. There's no one that can condemn me. It it is Christ that died, yes, rather and is risen again, who is at the right hand of God and always makes intercession for us. And that's what verse 34 is saying right there. Listen, it's Christ Jesus, the one that bore those things, the one that suffered those things, the one that's declared those things, that now is seated right now in heavenly places at that right hand of uh, of God. Speaking of of authority, speaking of that place, He that, that has redeemed you, He's the one that's also continuously interceding on your behalf. He's always the one that every time the adversary would try to bring something against your charge, he's saying not guilty. Every time the devil would say, but look what they did, is saying not guilty. Every time the enemy would say, but remember how they failed, he is saying not guilty. God spared not his own son. Folks, listen, we're out of time, but I pray that you would literally get a hold of what we're talking about today. Get a hold of that. Cease to walk in the, the perverse disputings of this world. That you would dispute God's love in your life and begin to work in that established uh, undisputable fact that God loved us enough that He would send His Son to bear the sorrows and iniquities of us all and that we can come to Him and walk in holiness and righteousness and truth. Don't forget, be with us tonight at 9 o'clock p.m. for an hour of prayer uh, uh, and intercession. If you have any prayer Send those to pray at biggrace.com. Pray at biggrace.com and we will begin to lift those things up before the Lord Jesus. If you need a breakthrough in your life, if you need set, to be set free or deliverance, if, if you need God's healing touch to be upon your heart and life, we want to be there for you. We just ask that you be with, be with us tonight at 9 o'clock p.m. We'll be back tomorrow night as well at 9 o'clock p.m. Folks, listen, I love you today and, and i got one bit of advice for you. Get into God's Word and God's Word will get into you.